Well, hello everybody and welcome back. Episode two, mums, dads, grandparents, grandfathers, grandmothers, aunties, uncles, cousins, long lost pets. Episode two of the Dad Life podcast, a podcast by dads for dads, but we say it every week. It's not just for dads, is it, Len? No, for everyone. Absolutely. That's for sure. Everybody. There he is over there, Alex Leonard. Len, how have you been, my great friend? Very good, mate. Very good. Um, since we last spoke, I had COVID, so that was pretty rough, as you did as well, and both our families did. So um, it's been a bit of a, a trying time, uh, <laughs> but and, and also having, you know, newborns as well. Um even more testing you know just didn't never never expected uh especially here in australia with its strict rules and everything we actually thought we would potentially avoid the virus but unfortunately it got us uh which has been a bit of a that's that's a major development in our lives i'd say but we're through it now we're all we're all better um we all luckily didn't have too many bad symptoms and now i'm here talking to you uh, about to pass on some wisdom. Wisdom. You Wh- said it, yes. I mean, infant family plus spice, spicy cough. Spicy Equals, cough, yeah. Uh, yeah, not a great time, but um, no. we're at the other end and it's great to be in the same room with you talking through yeah. episode two. Now, Len, in episode one, yeah. we spent 43 minutes talking about... Um, you know, the lead up of- Pregnancy. Pregnancy. Yeah. Um, a nine month period. And we got through it in 43 minutes. Now today- Very we- efficient. We are efficient. That's <laughs> the one thing I will say about this podcast and us as men. Very efficient. <laughs> Get okay. it done. Here for a good time, not a long time. Not a long time. But now today, we're actually going to spend probably the similar amount of time talking about about a 24 hour period of mm. the, in fact, the labor. If you're lucky, 24 if- hour. <laughs> if you're bloody lucky, eh? <laughs> Um, the yeah, obviously the birth of yeah. um, the incredible Alfie and the uh, wonderful Charlie, yeah. and um, obviously Mel and Ellie had a huge, huge part to play in that. And yeah. we're going to be running you through our loyal listeners of our sort of experience and um, some of the things we sort of picked up. Obviously, the knowledge that we acquired in the in the nine months leading up to this mm-hmm. this incredible day. I remember thinking, Len. I mean, I know you're a real big movie buff, and yeah, big um, time. it's it was one of the. It's obviously the biggest thing I've ever had in anticipation of mm. but it was always coming i mean you found out we were having babies and yep. you knew that there was a due date and yep. that this date you've seen the things happen in tv shows and movies and how is my experience going to be mm. i like we talked about in the pregnancy podcast uh it's funny you mentioned film like film releases or looking forward to the release of something right because <laughs> You do get given this, you know, preliminary date that is like, okay, your due date is this. When in actual fact, like the, you know, the percentage of um, couples that actually deliver on their due date is something crazy like 4% or something. I believe you were in that crazy 4%. Yep. Bang on June 1st. Unbelievable. uh, Punctual uh, little Charlie arrived. Uh, So yeah, um, (laughs) within the minority. Yeah. But yeah, it certainly doesn't go the way um, that due date usually set. I know your your story, which we're obviously going to deep dive into both of our experiences um, throughout the episode um, is a little bit different. So, I mean, we've really thought it probably best just to sort of talk through our experience of the birth, um, the sort of, you know, couple of hours before we got the the phone call yep. how our experience was in the hospital yeah because i mean obviously we're great friends and it happened around the, a similar time but they're very very different experiences hugely different um they share some similarities as a lot of birth stories do um but as we discussed in the the, the first episode the pregnancy episode um 
one of the best things you could have done or can do is be prepared for any outcome because, you know, life does not always happen the way you intend it. Um, especially with birth, very complicated process. Um, you know, multiple, multiple ways that it can go. Um, so you have to be prepared to be adaptable, uh, interchangeable and, you know, calm and collected when things don't necessarily go to your birth plan. So, yeah, we've got some similarities, but we've got a lot of differences. Um, and yeah, I'm looking forward to getting into them because I haven't actually, well, let's put it this way, I haven't talked about it properly since it happened, yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, properly. I mean, it's yeah. it's one of the stories probably a month after you give birth that you are yeah. telling relentlessly. Yeah. Like you've got it down, it becomes yeah. your stock standard birthing anecdote. But we're probably going to be a little bit more vulnerable throughout to, um, the, today's episode and talk about some yep. of the hiccups and yep. um, some of the things that went wrong and, um, you know, the role that we sort of played as supportive partners um, to really the main characters, which were were Mel and Ellie. Yes. Uh, do you want to go first or should I go first? Uh, I don't know. Well, you know what? Um, Charlie was punctual. He came on his due date. So I'll go first. Okay, you go and, first. Um, we'll um, obviously jump in if you've got any questions, Len, because again, I'm, we probably haven't shared in as much detail as we're yes. about to. Yes. Um, our sort of experiences so of course what was it it was june uh, what's it may late yeah. may yeah. we um we were sleeping soundly um it yeah. was a it was a, a chilly may evening and um in the middle of the night um ellie woke me up and said sam my waters are broken now obviously uh, close to the due date you're sort of um, anticipating something's about to go down she's 40 yeah. weeks pregnant uh, and we sort of got our uh, packed, had our bags packed, and 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 we rushed off to um, the Anglis Hospital. Yeah, we, um, we called Box Hill, which we were um, planning on going on, and we actually uh, went over to the Anglis. So we got there middle of the night. Um, Ellie's sort of touched toing and froing saying, oh, I don't know if my water's broke. I, I might have mm -hmm. just wet myself. So a mm. little bit of laughter on the way there. And once we arrived there, we were met by one of the incredible, incredible midwives and we'll probably laud them throughout the episode um, who told us that um, they weren't sure whether the water had sort of broken and to sort mm -hmm. of sit on it for um, 12 hours and actually go back to Box Hill the next day. Went home, got the rest of our eight hours sleep. Um, probably the last time that we actually- Strung together eight hours, Len. Uh, yeah, since Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking you directly in the eyes, and I, I'm not even sure you're here. Dead <laughs> behind the eyes. Dead, <laughs> knackered. No, um, so, so we got to wake up. We went um, to Box Hill. Um, COVID times. I wasn't allowed um, on the ward, uh, and I was actually tasked with going and doing the weekly shop. So I went over to Woolworths, and while I was there, um, there are other supermarkets available. We are not sponsored by Woolworths. Wait, what was the last episode we were trying to get a sponsor? But yeah, all right, Woolworths, yeah, Woolworths if yeah. you're listening. Yeah, yeah. So did the big weekly shop. And um, as I've paid, um, Ellie's called me and said, okay, um, I actually need to be induced. Um, Charlie's done a number two, um, still inside yeah. the uterus. Um, and obviously that's not absolutely ideal. So um, he needs to come out. So I've just paid for these groceries, Len. And I tell you what, um, if you ever need an excuse to return something at Woolworths quickly, I took that shopping trolley back to the front desk and Jesus. said, sorry, you won't, you won't believe this, but my wife actually needs to be induced. I need a speedy refund within 57 it, seconds. It worries me that you even went back to the <laughs> refund. Now, I know you quite well. You're a thrifty gentleman who likes to get his free gym passes. You know, he'll do, this guy will do trials at gyms all around the, you know, within a 10 mile radius to essentially get, you know, as much free gym time as possible. Now, this does not surprise me. The normal reaction would be just get it in the car and just go. 
Short-sighted. I mean? Perishable. Just no, let it go. Short-sighted. Mate, we don't know, we don't know how long yeah. this labor's going to go for. Perishables. There was a roast chook in there. So got the refund, punched it to um, Box Hill Hospital. Um, and finally I was allowed on the ward. And while there, we were waiting patiently. Someone will be here with you soon. Um, and to say that I think we fell into that sort of COVID bubble of pregnancies and obviously um, there was a, a bit of a spike in in people being mm. due around that time of year, um, mm. not much was happening. So we actually had a midwife suggest, say, listen, if you're comfortable with moving to another hospital, um, you're going to be seen there a lot a lot quicker. So um, we made the decision. Uh, we got in the car, went out to uh, the Anglis Hospital, which we were at only sort of 12 hours earlier in the middle of the night. Mm. Um and we were welcomed to the hospital and um, things sort of started. Ellie sort of got hooked up um, with the incredible uh, induction medicine, which I, I, I couldn't name for the Sintocin. life of Ooh, there you go. Yes. Have done your reading. <laughs> yes, which for anyone listening is uh, essentially oxytocin is, is, is what the chemical that aids the process of pregnancy. Um, and that is why as a recommendation, and oxyto- oxytocin is produced by skin-to-skin contact, love, basically, affection. And that is why if you're trying to induce naturally, a uh, sound piece of advice is to have sex, cuddle a lot in bed, uh, naked, obviously, um, because that promotes oxytocin. The higher the oxytocin, the more chance that the baby will start to come. Now, syntocin is a fake man-made uh, replic- rep- you know, replicant of oxytocin and once that gets pumped into the body it's go time it is go time so we were sort of at go time now a big part of what we're going to be talking about today is obviously the support that we provide as partners um and to say i was a little bit confident in that sort of role is might be a bit of an understatement len you might not actually know this um prior to studying primary teaching i did a year of nursing so uh, put, Experienced. In a, put in a year down at Deakin University and um, didn't miss a lecture, didn't miss a tutorial. So There keep- are other universities we can, you know, <laughs> if you want to go to another university, that is fine, okay? So I've literally kicked the door in and eyeballed everyone and said, I've done a year of nursing if, if you need a hand throughout what, however long this is going to take. Um, and yeah, Ellie was sort of hooked up and um, it took about took about sort of four to six hours for um, yeah. the things to start to get um, a little bit more serious Um, the incredible incredible midwives just checking in obviously do this as their bread and butter uh, every single day and the docs coming in ramping up um, um, the I'm sorry Sintosin Sintosin I'm gonna gonna get yelled at Um, and there was a moment there Len when it was like it hit it hit hard and oh yeah I remember Ellie just absolutely squeezing my hand like nobody's business. And it was, as you said, it was genuinely go time. Now there's a period of about, I mean, 12 hours there that I have pretty, pretty uh, loosely just brushed over. Yeah. Um, it involved Ellie watching the Friends reunion. Yeah. Um, what do you have? I mean, I know you've got some strong feeling on Friends. Did you? I love Friends. I'm not, Friends is actually in my story as well. So we'll get <laughs> on to that. They're genuinely, that's a shared experience. That's I was a, I was um, cast over into a little trundle bed. Great setup um, at the Anglis. And I watched an episode of The Sopranos. And then once it was sort of go time, um, it was sort of time to start sort of pushing. Now, please forget everything that you have ever seen in TV and or movies. Um, again, it is not like that. Certainly, there were elements of that pushing style that I think we're all thinking of. Oh, yeah. But it is that and everything in between. 
Um, so uh, we were pushing for about a uh, an hour, an hour and a half, two yeah, hours. It's a while. Goes on a while. Goes on a while, and there could be some really disheartening moments. I mean, Ellie um, had the the magic gas, um, missed the window for the epidural, mm-hmm. um, but there was a moment where she was um, in a different position, pushing, facing the wall, and. Poor Ellie, there's nothing more disheartening to hear the midwife who's over on the little incubator, which is obviously a really important part of the pregnancy. And once the child's um, birthed, that they can do all their um, medical sort of procedures to make sure everything's fine. She's over there doing some paperwork saying the <laughs> bit of the Chubbs Peterson from Happy Gilmore, you're doing great. It's yeah, all in the hips. Yeah, and yeah, I'm yeah. looking like, I don't think we're anywhere near it. Yeah. And finally, um, we... We're crowning. Things started to um, actually uh, get to the point where little magical Charlie was about to be born. We didn't know he was obviously going to be a boy at that stage. Yep. Um, and he, Ellie was pushing. Um, we obviously had the environment set up in a way, which again, as the the partner, the supportive partner, a big, big part of your role is going to be the environment, uh, whether it be candles, whether it be glow lamps. The playlist is absolutely crucial. So. Um, so I, we still play um, Charlie's birthing playlist. It's about four hours of um, absolute classics, a lot of a lot of uh, gender songs, um, but also a lot of our favourites. Um, and halfway through Silverchair's Straight Lines, um, Charlie's shoulders um, were exposed. Um, I was sort of told to come uh, to the front. Obviously, having yeah. done a year of nursing at uni, yeah. they said he's fine. I'm surprised you weren't just leading the whole process. To be honest, with yeah, you. yeah. No, I, I thought I. I better be yeah. uh, for supportive. Right. Okay. Um, <laughs> I couldn't even remember. You the- were training people, really, weren't you? You were just yeah. uh, you were just guiding them, managing well, in a way. Uh, managing. Well, we actually had a student nurse, which is a really interesting thing that we um, did as well. She, yeah, yeah. She was amazing. We. It's something you can actually do. Um, obviously, these midwife students need as much experience as possible. So um, we took up the opportunity to um, have her come to as many meetings and consultations during uh, the pregnancy. Um, with the proviso that she could be there for the birth. And given how quickly things sort of ramped up and how quickly we were sort of went from zero uh, to 100, it was really a small window for her to join us. So we actually called her at, uh, what was it? It was about two o'clock in the morning. She answered. Um, she said, I'll be there in 20. She lived 25 minutes away. We're like, this isn't happening. The midwife says she's going to miss this. And uh, she uh, popped in, joined us, took a whole, lot, a whole lot of JPEGs for us, which we're very appreciative of. Uh, and yeah, at about, what was it? I think about 5.55 on the 1st of June, um, Charlie Jones McCauley was born. And yeah, it was, as I said, up the front, got to pull him out, um, handed him over to the midwife, um, cut the umbilical cord, which, um, what would you say? Again, I don't want it consistency-wise. Calamari? It's weird. I don't even like squid anyway, so I don't want to really get into that sort of... I don't even go near that seafood, bro. I don't even go near seafood. Um, it's a bizarre. It's texture is th- yeah. interesting. I think you 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 would have seen birthing videos and things yeah, in, yeah. in documentaries before, but um, keep it taut and the the back end of the scissors would be my would oh, be yeah. my quick um quick advice. Uh, and then yeah, as you said, skin to skin. Um, got the shirt off, which didn't take too much convincing. Um, they cleaned him up. Everything was hunky dory. We heard that beautiful cry. Um, we sort of held him, obviously held him up once he was born and found out that he was a boy. Um, the happiest tears that you could ever possibly have. Um, I just watched my wife, Ellie, do um, something that I think obviously deep down I knew she was certainly capable of, um, but she, um, she'd done it and she'd produced this incredible, incredible boy. And uh, well, I'm getting a bit of <laughs> <this> is, <laughs> see this happening. But uh, yeah, he, it was, yeah, it's 
such a blur and it's so, so vivid. And it's something that, again, from the moment you find out you're, you as a couple are pregnant, you know, this day is obviously hopefully coming. And, and when it arrives, yeah. um, yeah, there's, there's so much going on. Uh, and I probably didn't do the story justice and I probably haven't highlighted how incredible Ellie was, but it was, um, yeah, certainly something I won't forget in, in, in a, in a while. And it's, I, there's probably a reason that my mum, July 15 every year, calls me up and says, oh, you know, I was going into the hospital this time 33 (laughs) years ago and uh, we're probably going to put Charlie through um, that same experience every year. (laughs) Poor kid. (laughs) Um, Yeah, man, it sounds sounds similar in places to mine. Um, Obviously... Uh, do you want me to just go? Just, go. Oh, yes. Yeah. Did you have uh, any questions for, uh, for, for me? What happened? Questions. Um, what I would say as a question is thus. Did you, during that whole time of Ellie being um, in intensive labor uh, to the point, you know, where it's really going on, because there are different stages of labor, um, you know, the, it goes on for a while, longer than you think. Were there times where you felt kind of, like a spare part in that process? Like, as in, did you feel like you're not really helping in any way, shape or form because there's not much you could do? Yeah, yes, yes. You just, it's just, yeah, you're you're just so much of a support person. But there were pre-conversations that sort of Ellie and I had with our sort of birth plan, which with everything that sort of happened with um, sort of Charlie um, and the Mm -hmm. meconium prior to birth and having to be induced and, a lot of it went out the window, yep. um, but there were some pre-conversations that were obviously at the forefront of my mind around this is what Ellie wants. She might not be in the headspace right now to, um, to actually decide some of those things. So yep. if something tricky pops up, whether it be from the midwife or whether it be from the doctor that comes in, um, you need to be you need clear, to, you need <laughs> clear to know, eyes, full heart. You need to know what's going on basically. So, And yeah. that's important because keeping – there's a there's a thing that's said which is whilst your partner is going through labor they actually get stripped down to a lot of biological um basics essentially which is like they're not that interactive with you they're focusing on the task at hand the body is focusing all of its energy on getting the baby out safely so it's important that you as a support person knows what your partner wanted because sometimes they won't be able to give essentially a response to some of the things that the nurses, midwives are asking them to do. Mainly to do with like medication, stuff like that. Um, you said that Ellie didn't have an epidural, that kind of thing. And you you, you and you need to try and remind your partner that, hey, you didn't you didn't want to have this drug necessarily. And we're gonna try as a team to I know it's all them, but you say as a yeah. team, to push through to not have any drugs or something. And anyway so that's interesting. I, I think mine's kind of similar in terms of the induction. So poor little Alfie uh, from about 35 weeks didn't necessarily grow very much. And the way they measure that is quite um, still quite archaic in a way. It's just a tape measure around the sort of belly because you don't really have that many scans after, you know, your later scans. And essentially uh, we did were fortunate enough to get a few extra scans because of the growth situation. They scanned and they were like, oh, there's not much growth going on here. We can't tell 100% the size, which is fine. But there's like quite a big gap in how big or how small he could be and whether or not it's viable to continue on with the pregnancy and or just get him out of there. So I'm 
on the way back from my second COVID vaccination, right? I'm in the I'm in the car. I'm listening to some music. I hate needles and I hate them. Like, I, and I, I I always feel dizzy afterwards. So I'm a bit worried because. I'm driving pretty pretty much straight away after taking this second jab. Pfizer or uh, AstraZeneca, unfortunately. So, unfortunately, well, you know, I can tell you, it did bloody nothing in terms of the symptoms. Jesus, felt terrible. <laughs> anyway, so um, basically, I'm driving back. Get a phone call. Mel's been to, for her uh, an extra scan. They're like, look. We need to induce you to get Alfie out of there as quickly as possible because he's not growing. I think we planned a bit of a doggo walk and some curb walking. Yeah. And yeah, we got the mail message saying, um, sorry, not happening. Sorry, it's not happening. And basically, we were caught a little bit off guard. We didn't have, I think I said this in the previous podcast, we felt we had a few more weeks, like three more weeks or so um, to get a few things ready. So we had about 12 hours to essentially find someone to look after our dog, who is a Great Dane, who is massive and is a giant baby so needs uh constant care and attention so that had to be sorted shout out to billy shout out to billy if you're listening um <laughs> and we had loads of other things bits and pieces to sort out um and i had to get loads of stuff ready for the actual day for the hospital um you know all that sort of stuff but anyway we go into hospital and we start the induction process the induction process for us was a bit different to yours it involved the balloon first which is uh something that is used to open the uterus then uh, the water's being broken manually by uh, the midwives or a doctor. Um, Isn't that an interesting little... It's Yeah, it's a very invasive process as well, by the way. Like, it's, it's a, there's a lot going on during this phase. And then the syntocin drip, which is what you've illustrated before, um, which... And, and just as a heads up, I mean, look, induction is, uh, from what I've heard, one of the more painful ways to give birth because of the way that the syntocin takes things from zero to a hundred very quickly whereas oxytocin and the natural labor is much more managed by the body whereas this is managed by science and unfortunately the science doesn't necessarily know the pain threshold of your partner and the only way it can be taken down this trip is by a doctor and a lot of the time they won't take it down they'll just keep it consistent so there's a lot going on there anyway back to the story so we're there overnight. I'm sleeping on a sofa, um, but I've dressed the room up and, you know, tried to make Mel feel as home as possible. We've watched, you know, season two of Friends. We've seen Friends on repeat about a million times, but just trying to create a comfortable environment to, you know, get through birth in as pleasurable way as possible. I mean, it is, an, it is supposed to be a pleasurable experience, but there's a lot of stress, a lot of pain and a lot of worry that goes along with this process. You know, Alfie at this point was measuring very small. I'm worried. You know, Mel is worried. We actually were monitored. So Alfie was actually monitored by a heart monitor on Mel's belly um, throughout the whole, I'd say, 20 hours that she was in labor, right? And the heartbeat of Alfie is played on a speaker in the room. You don't think just subtle. No, it's like, no, yeah, yeah, it's it's like a proper, you know, it's crazy. And um, the thing about that as well is because it's just a a monitor on on Mel's belly and and I'm obviously worried about the size of Alfie um, because there's a reason we're being induced, you know, it's not just for fun. It's, 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 it's not, it's, there's a reason because he's small and there's a, there's a slight concern and they want to know what it is. So sometimes the heart monitor dips out and just stops. And my heart just sinks every time that happens. I mean, that happened like four or five times, six times, maybe more. I don't know. I just lost count at one point. 
Um, and I'm looking at the heart monitor the whole time, you know, just trying to see what's going on. And it's just because Mel's moved or something and they've lost, and, or the baby's moved, which is completely normal. Um, so there's that going on the whole time. So for us at this point, it, it was meant to be quite pleasurable, but it ramped up very quickly and became extremely stressful. Um, Mel obviously was fantastic, amazing. She was just soldiering on and doing what she needs to do. She's actually a paramedic, so she's she's actually delivered a few babies. Um, she that's not to say she's an expert in the situation, like I was when I was. Of course, of course, but she she sort of like, she's very level headed, and she is just of the opinion just do whatever the doctors say. We'll have a conversation with them, and as things change. Uh, which is something we've discussed here on this podcast. Podcast, You have to be able to accept change to your birth plan. Our birth plan was calm birth. It was natural, no drugs, no induction, no medication, breathing uh, exercises. That was our birth plan. Ended up being very different. It ended up being induction, um, a lot of stress, um, a bit of pain, a lot of pain for Mel. And um, she did have no medication, which to this day I still think is astounding, um, especially with the induction because of the pain. But we were in labor for, you know, a long time. I'd say six six hours of intensive labor. Uh, that's, that's not to say the soft labor that happens before. And yeah, like you said, I was, I was, I was in there, man. I was gloves on. I wanted to be in that- in amongst it and 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 you had said that you had done it and then mel was like are you gonna do that and i was like well i can't let him do it and me not do <laughs> well, it well i remember you said saying you know nah, i'm gonna be up the, the head end um you know when we're having dinner months out yeah um but again things just change so so quickly they and change. when you are in that environment and you oh. know the the monitors are going off the nurses are there it's everything changes and as birth plans Unfortunately, at times, well, fortunately, can um, go out the window. So might your sort of plans as that oh, supportive person. But I was, I was, you know, we didn't know the sex of the baby either. So the idea of, um, you know, being there, catching the catching Alfie, or we didn't know if it was a boy or girl at the time, come out and then announcing the sex of the baby was something that I was extremely keen to do. And, it, you know, you can tell um your midwives and the doctors what your birth plan is and they will they they're so great and they will facilitate that as best as possible so don't forget that you can do whatever you want to do if you don't want to be down there you don't have to be down there but i was down there gloves on see little alfie's head coming through um and yeah like you said the pushing you know this goes on for a while man and i don't know how Mel found the strength to keep going because I was just watch, watching her and just what was going on. I was just like, this is, I'm hearing sounds I've never heard before. Like when you hear someone that you, you know, love so much, go through so much pain, um, it's hard. It's hard, oh. man. It's, 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 it's such a conflicting emotion because you're sitting there thinking we're about to have it our first child or your second, whatever, it doesn't be your situation, but you don't want your partner to be going through this no. sort of pain. So it's a very conflicting sort of situation, but I was down there uh, and Alfie was very small. Uh, so small, in fact, that he came out all in one go. Like as soon as the head was out, he came straight out. And I'm going to say this right now, Tom Brady just ret- retired, uh, you know, from American football. I was the least sort of Tom Brady like character you've ever seen. I could not catch this baby as he was coming out of here. You know, Tom, Tom Brady, he's he, a quarterback. He throws. Yeah, he throws the ball. So Tom Brady's <laughs> thrown the baby and I'm the wide receiver who's just completely fumbled the ball. No. So Alfie comes, if you can tell, we're not American. Um, 
Alfie shoots out, right? And I just caught everyone by surprise. We've got like six or seven midwives in the room, plus two student nurses who are filming everything for us on my phone, yeah. which is crazy. Um, Do you want to give them a plug? Apple? Uh, Apple? Apple, what? Apple, is it Apple? We'll give them a plug, sponsor. Well, Apple iPhone. Macintosh. <laughs> <laughs> iPhone 13 iPhone, Pro. Yeah. Three cameras. Uh, yeah, no, thank you to those uh, student nurses for sure. And um, he came out. We all scrambled. I did catch half of him and the, luckily the midwife was there and she caught you know the other half as in like just so he was stable and we put him on Mel's chest and there was um a moment of worry because he is very small now Al- Alfie was born in the one percentile now to put that in perspective that that's the smallest he can be without going immediately into intensive special care for for infants I didn't know that so he's very small uh 2.25 kilograms uh don't ask me what that is in pounds or ounces i do not do that conversion very well but uh there was a slight worry where he was born he was he was he was okay but he was put on mel's chest and they were worried because he stopped breathing slightly or wasn't breathing fluently so there there's a, this initial minute or two of worry where we've got six or seven midwives who take him over to this other table and I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? You know what I mean? I'm like, what is going on? Mel was obviously like, what's going on? What's going on? And she's getting very, you know, stressed. And that's like completely understandable. But then we hear him cry again and that, you know, he, he gets brought back over and we have the amazing moments after, you know, going through that intensive, crazy whirlwind of an experience with the highs, the lows, the uncertainties, um and just indescribable moments that happen within that 12 to oh. 20 hour period if that is how long it is um and that that is my that's my birth story sorry it went on a bit long um it was com- it was complicated like birth is it's complicated and it's hard to think about I, and there's so many things i've left out of that that I'm I, just I, like, feel, I feel the same you know it's- you brought up a couple of things I thought we could just very, very quickly address. Obviously, a huge, huge part of the labor is pushing. And I think as, yep. a, as a naive bloke, we don't know what that experience is or what it might be. And basically, um, having been told by the midwife, being an earshot of what Ellie was being told, try and do a poo. Try and do a poo is what the experience is for somebody that is pushing. But you also mentioned, Len, the pain that your partner is going through. And I had a chat to Ellie, obviously, prior to recording um, this podcast around sort of the pain and uh, how that experience was for her. But talking to the midwives the day after the wonderful Charlie was born, the chemicals released and the oxytocin that that, um, obviously um, the female experiences during that um, actually have those memories of the terrible, almost terrible experience and um, at times traumatic experience that labor is, they almost become forgotten about. And when I spoke to Ellie, she remembers labor as being such a such a wonderful experience. And yep. that's all designed. The biological aspect of that is that you go back for a- You go back again. You go back again. And Me- go, yeah. Mel straight away. And she will not be mad at me for saying this. Uh, and the, the midwives can be my witness. She she just said, I'm not fucking doing that again. And uh, I said, okay, I can completely understand why. I fully respect your decision if now that's the case. That's not the time. And now it's, you know, oh, definitely doing that again. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's all part of the, the human body. Is absolutely incredible. Now, Len, we've obviously, again, very, very quickly gone over our birth stories, but yeah. I've got two questions for you. Yeah. 
as you just said, as you wrapped up your birth story, uh, so many moments, so many moments. But what was your most memorable moment that just sort of sticks out? It might have been fun. It might have been, you know, incredible, something that Mel was doing. What's your most memorable moment from that um, labor experience? Mm. You say most memorable, but that's that. that if, that's I don't, all, yeah. if I don't say it's no. the moment, you know what I mean? You can take that. That's a given. That's, okay, that's, <laughs> that's a, given. a given. That one's Sorry. a given. Well, yes. Okay, and this is going to feed into a couple of tips that I have, which we'll get onto in the tip section. But um, I asked you earlier if you felt like a bit of a spare part sometimes uh, during the process, which is completely normal because, like you said, we are limited in what we can do. However, um, Mel was going through a tremendous amount of pain uh, walking around, you know, in labor with all these machines strapped to her because we're monitoring Alfie's heart rate at the same time. And the nurse comes up to me and she's like um just want to check what can you get alfie's this together this together this together or the babies at this point we didn't know it was alfie his like his clothes uh a hat uh this thing uh something else can you get it all together for me because i need it all um for you know so, you know when it when it all happens we need to dress him up and stuff swaddle all this stuff yeah. i'm just like uh-huh. Yeah, I could do that. The Mel's obviously in a corner somewhere just going in immense pain. Um not the time to say, Dal, where's the Well Yeah. So then I obviously like start going through the bag and there's like seven options of each thing. So I'm sat there and I'm just like, I can't go and ask her, can I? Can I I I don't think I should go and ask her. I'm just gonna go and ask her. So I walk over there, she's like, you know, in pain, trying to do something very important. And uh, I'm like, doll, um, what do you think about this for Alfie's first outfit? She's like, you, you, what? <laughs> She's like, <laughs> what so was I'm, it? I'm just, uh, it's just, it's a lovely outfit. I'll tell you that now. But anyway, I was like, I shouldn't really be asking her this, but I know that she cares about what thing I choose here. She's put seven options in there, but she, I know she only wants one of them. <laughs> So then I'm like, okay, I'm going to go with this one. And then she stops me and said, no, no, go with the other one. So it is good that I asked. However, just a tip, try and learn all that stuff before you get into the situation because I look like a right prat in front of everyone. There's those moments, um, so many memorable moments. I would have to say, um, for me, there is so many things I love about my wife. Ellie, She, her laugh, um, it'll light up a room. But also the person that she becomes on a dance floor when Avicii's Levels is playing. So, mm -hmm. um, I mean, the precinct, those that might remember when it was when we were younger, absolutely great establishment. When Levels was there and playing and Ellie was there, she would light up that dance floor. Now, obviously, a fair bit of work went into the playlist that I had produced yeah. and four hours of nonstop hits. I've already mentioned that. Uh, I might share it, share it on the link and on yeah. Spotify and people can get, get to it. But- the it was at a key point. The um, induction was at its at its peak. Um, she was pushing, and levels dropped. Len and did it. She, it was like she wasn't seven hours into labour. She yeah. was fist pumping. She was Jeez. belting it out, and I just remember looking. I was like, "Good God, I love you to bits." And she, it, I, I would like to think those three minutes and twenty seven seconds that Avicii put together for all of us really yeah. helped. Really, really uh, helped. It sounds like mine and your playlist are very different because <laughs> I actually made I made two playlists. I called I called it uh, "Birth Let's Have It" and "Birth Let's Chill Out." Um, and ended up playing the Chill Out album, which was four hours of beautiful, beautiful acoustic, 
um, and neoclassical um, symphonic tracks. And it was just glorious. And I have to say, um, if we didn't have that playlist, I don't know how people do it without music because that music was pretty loud and it just allowed Mel to switch off from the current situation from time to time. Yes, of course, it was still very distracting but the music being there put everyone in the room at ease even the midwives were like this is such a beautiful playlist and i was like thank you i've spent a very long time on well that. i believe that, i believe <laughs> there's um there's a bit of a sweet story as well with when alfie was sort of born in the song that was playing well so mine and mel's song is uh george ezra hold my girl now this is funny because we didn't know the sex of the baby anyway hold my girl is playing and Alfie is literally coming out. And I was just like, it's definitely going to be a girl. At the same time, the midwives were like, "And okay, can you hold her head? I was like, how do you know that it's going to be a girl? Because they don't, they've not seen it's they a girl yet. And girl. I'm supposed to be announcing the gender. This is just yeah. when the head's crowning. And so I was like, it's definitely a girl. It's definitely a girl. And then to my surprise, when I put Alfie on Mel's chest and I saw, you know, he's a boy, I was like, that was a mental surprise, but yeah, our song was playing um, for essentially the birth of our of our um, child, which is mental because that's a four hour playlist. The chance of that song coming on at that time is quite astronomical, so I was pretty happy with it. Agreed. Um, but in terms of tips, Sam, as well, because I think we can because we're on we're talking about playlists now and, and tips, and I would say the one thing that people sort of overlook. Um, especially from a partner's perspective uh, and as a father, as father-to-be, things that you can do to make yourself useful in this situation, not just be a support person. So we've both talked about watching friends. We've both talked about playlists. We've both talked about helping with the environment. And it's important to note that you can bring home with you to the hospital. You can bring comforts with you it's completely acceptable. I mean, at least it is, is here, and I'm, I know in other places it is as well, um, to take uh, like scented scented fake candles, stuff like not actual fire. Do not take fire into the birthing suite. That is not a recommendation. Like, But fake candles, set, uh, incense sort of smells. Um, I took uh, loads of fairy lights and I hung them up around the birthing suite and it looked really cool. Like it looked so nice. We turned the main lights off. We just had these fairy lights. I had uh, my laptop with um, friends playing and and photos of myself and my partner on vacation in some places that we love to go because the idea is that you can transport yourself to those places in times of tough, you know, in times of pushing and happy thoughts, all of that kind of stuff. Um, I took a picture of Billy and your Billy, my great Dane and your golden retriever Murphy <laughs> hanging out um, and shout out to um, Archie as well, who was in that photo, another golden retriever, a friend of ours. Um, so I took stuff like that uh, just to create this idea that the room is an extension of home and it's an extension of somewhere that, you know, because you're going to a very foreign environment, a very um you know, scary environment. Hospitals are not, they're, oh, they're awesome, yeah, I, but they're quite cold, terrifying yeah. and cold and you've got to warm them up as much as you can. So one of my tips is do you get, get some little things together, prepare stuff for your partner in the birthing suite. 
if you can. If if it's a shared birthing suite or anything, just bring a couple of pictures, maybe something on your laptop. Like I said, a playlist is integral. Music that you two share together is so important and make sure it's long and make sure you can just get it on loop, you know, and just keep it there because it does take their mind off things and it just helps the whole process. I mean, if you're not into music, fine. Find something else that you're into. Puzzles. We took cards as well. We played a few card games before it got really intense. You know, anything to try and help as much as possible. That would be my my number one tip. I'd add to that um, snacks as well. Um, oh yeah, plenty of plenty of sugary snacks. Definitely, um, it's, it's it's you know it's certainly <laughs> and a very intense workout um, for for the girls. So um, that was something that we sort of uh, did. I. I've probably tucked into a few more than I probably should have, but um, I, bought, long- I bought two kilos um, of jelly snakes, right? Because Mel requested jelly snakes. How many jelly snakes do you think Mel had during the pregnancy? Sure. She had like two. Yeah. Two. <laughs> two I ate a kilo bag on my own just because I was obviously stressed as well. And you know what I'm like? I'll eat anything. I'm just, especially sweets. I just game over. We had this whole bag of snacks and yes, Mel did, did, did like them. Um, any other tips that I have is ice was a lifesaver. Um, just ice chips on their head yep. in a towel. Oh my God. They get so hot. Our partners got so hot. Um, just cooling them down is such a relief for them. Um, you, and, and like we've said before, you just need to know what your partner wanted to do and tr- and not not force them to do that but just try and remind them in the moments when maybe pain becomes too much if they don't want medication be there to say you know we, we remember what we said we don't want to use medication if there's any chance you can push through for 10 15 more minutes if it's really bad after that still of course we'll go to the medication and of course always listen to the doctor as well if the doctor's like no we need to do medication you do exactly what the doctor says because they are in control and you know your baby's life is in their hands so make sure you do that um yeah just just don't think that you're not helping you being there is helping that's it um that's it as much as yeah you might be anxious nervous about this whole experience it probably tenfold for the for, for oh, the female yeah. partner i mean yeah they're obviously at the center of it all um but i think you summed that up beautifully Len. that environment that you do ultimately do have control over it's a blank canvas hospitals mm-hmm. can be quite cold and um, yeah, I love the fairy lights idea. Maybe for the maybe for the second. One of my top tips. Um, I think there was a bit of naivety from my end around. Okay, Charlie's been born. Yay! Yeah. Um, this is great. Let's get some photos with Charlie and Mum and Dad. <laughs> but there's a fair bit that goes on afterwards. Oh yeah. But I mean, birthing the placenta. Um, you know, suturing up any any tears. That's a wild ride. Um, which like legitimately took another sort of two hours. Um, and was if not more sort of invasive and um, uncomfortable for for Ellie. So um, that was something that I didn't really realize was going to take so long. And um, I, you know, probably naive to that fact. The placenta situation is, is mind boggling. Um, I got a little biology lesson. uh, Top top tip number three is stick around the next day for the year eight experiment with the placenta. It's unbelievable. Um, They, the, the midwives were like, showing telling me with the placenta now look it's it's not a pleasant looking organ it actually looks quite alien in its design um it's insane um but wow what an organ because it just creates life but that they there was a do you want to keep the placenta oh yeah just throw out yes and then it might be the next day but wow that was yeah incredible mm. and I, I don't know if you noticed this and um a lot of the midwives that we had had like a it was almost like a tree of life tattoo which oh, wow. i think is linked to 
the placenta and ultimately oh, wow, its role pretty- in play that it plays in. It is mental. Oh, it is mental, and it blew my mind. Um, so thanks for the little biology lesson as well afterwards. I was learning loads of stuff. Obviously, I was also you know overwhelmed with emotion at that point. So anything would have seemed amazing. Um, so yeah, that's a good tip. There is a lot that goes on after um, the, you know the birth. Like birth in the placenta is still like giving birth to another thing, um, but it, there's so much chemicals and and emotion and everything swelling around the room that you kind of just that stuff kind of happens around you whilst you're doing this stuff you know whilst you're just basking in the glory of achieving what you've achieved as a team but mainly what your partners have achieved obviously it is and there's this little moment obviously there's so many loved ones that yeah, help you get to this point yeah you, you can't wait to tell your families but there i remember thinking there was this amazing moment that Nobody actually knows this yet. We're just this oh, little, yeah. we had this little trio of yeah. We had a, just that moment of seclusion, and it's us. Well said. And it's and it's uh, that's true because I don't think I think you guys knew we were being induced, um, and one other uh, couple, and that was it. And we didn't tell our parents. We didn't tell anyone. Um, and we were just we just kept it all to ourselves. So we did have that moment of just absolute privacy and. Um, just two hours, I think it was, of when you're allowed to, we stayed in the room and we just sort of did the first things that you do with the baby, like swaddling them, put a nappy on for the first time. That sort of, those moments, um, just all looking at each other for the first time. It was mad. Oh, it's, oh. it's crazy. It's crazy. And, uh, a lot of admin. Yeah. A lot of admin as well. Oh, yes. <laughs> now, the last thing that I wanted to talk about, because selfishly um, um, throughout the pregnancy, um, I kept bringing this up as, as somewhat of a little bit of a joke, and I thought it might be a nice way to sort of um, bring an end to the to the episode. What do you wear? What do you wear? You're going into labor. Yeah. You've packed the bag for your newborn. You've packed the bag yeah. for what your partner's going to wear. But you can be there for 24 to 48 hours yourself, like you're a support person. And I don't want to jump the gun, but I heard you were you, you could have gone to a cocktail wedding. I heard there were chinos. I heard there were shiny shoes. I heard there was a shirt. Uh, is this? I had uh, this crazy notion, and this is once again, never having been in this situation, knowing what is acceptable, what's not acceptable. Everything's acceptable, obviously. But I thought- you know, Ralph Lauren, okay. I, I thought I got this really nice pink t-shirt, smart t-shirt, chinos, blue chinos, like dark gray blue chinos. I got these Nike high tops on my watch. You know, I'm thinking, they're thinking that the photos, I want the photos to look really nice, you know, when as soon as after the, the births happened. Do you know what happened with reality here, Sam? I was in, honestly, I was in pajamas for about two days, I reckon, because <laughs> the whole process from induction start to the end, it was, must have been like 36 hours or something. I was just in these gray, really tatty, baggy uh, pajama pants and, uh, really rubbish trainers they were nikes but they just weren't the ones i wanted to wear and a t-shirt that said bloody ripper <laughs> <laughs> genuinely oh i know that too. that's a good yeah, okay. good t-shirt <laughs> genuinely genuinely so oh, that okay. went out the window i was i wound ellie up every time we saw someone that had had a baby and i'd always look at the the photo well, what did you wear so i mean i rolled out with some kmart shorts and uh yeah. kmart t-shirt yeah um Ripper, that's dumb. <laughs> and then I realized the irony of the t shirt. I was like, bloody Ripper, that's not appropriate in this situation. <laughs> uh, if anyone in America or around the world, bloody Ripper is what an Australian person says for when they're. their partners giving. <laughs> no, just for that's awesome. Like, oh, bloody Ripper, mate. What a bloody Ripper, great beer. Or, you know, 
That's what they say. Len's um, perfect Australian impressions yes, again. Yes, Hopefully so. we get some more uh, in episode three <laughs> when we'll be talking about leaving the hospital and the first week, which, um, wow, another <laughs> eye-opening experience. Every week. Every eye-opening week. experience. I, well, you better hope your eyes are open. <laughs> That's a spoiler. <laughs> uh, thank you once again everybody for tuning in Cheers, we hope guys. you got a great insight into what was two really incredible um, birthing stories um, tune in next time for episode 3 on the Dad Life Podcast see you guys see you guys